is good. I hope you are expecting and believing with me that his presence, his glory, as we sung about, fills your, wherever you are, your living room. And if you're a believer, that glory comes from the inside out because it's already on the inside of you today. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, go ahead and be seated. Thank you, guys. You're awesome. Doing a great job. So glad everybody has tuned in today for, for this service. Uh, interesting times we are living in, but God is still working. And He is still moving. If you are watching our broadcast today and this is your first time, I'm so glad you decided to check this out. I believe that God will speak to you today. He will work in your life in a powerful way. And so, uh, best you can now, uh, dial in, turn, turn everything else off, get rid of anything that will uh, distract. I know some have told me already that every Sunday... You know, for the last few weeks, they get up and, and, you know, get ready and get dressed just as if they were coming to the building. And then they go in their living room and have church. And, uh, and uh, this is not to put those down who are still wearing their pajamas and sweats or, or something else. Uh, but sometimes, you know, your outward condition can have a mental effect upon you and it helps you to, uh, you know, take it seriously. So whatever condition you are in today, I trust that you will receive from the Lord. Uh, you know, we have been uh, not only doing our, our Sunday and Wednesday services online, uh, I hope everybody has been paying attention to the other things we've been putting out there. Uh, we have special videos for our kids. Um, the youth have been putting special services online together. Uh, the young adults have been doing the same. And there's a whole bunch of material out there. And if you're sitting at home bored, it doesn't even matter if you're the right age. You can watch all of them. And uh, I'm sure they'll all be a blessing to you. So uh, we're going to get in the Word today. Are you ready for it? If you, if you have your Bible with you today, go ahead and, and get it out and, and find with me the book of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew, the sixth chapter. And, uh, and by the way, before we get into this, it seems that we are on schedule now by the latest announcements to be together again in two weeks. Okay, in person, in house, there may be some different ways that we do that. We'll communicate with you anything that is uh, needed at the time, but it looks like two weeks we'll be back together again. And I can't wait to see you. Wow, some of you gained weight, didn't you? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, today, I want to teach you one of the most valuable skills in life. Okay, uh, this is something that I'm working on myself, and I'm convinced that if you will um, uh, implement this practice in your own life, you will benefit from it greatly as well. Um, it's one of the lost arts in modern society, especially with uh, the advancement of technology. You'll see as we go that many people have lost this ability. Many have stopped doing the very basic things that are needed to live in a state of peace, okay? 
Uh, so today, if you are ready, I trust you are ready, ready, ready. Uh, you're ready to develop this skill. And it may take some effort, by the way. This is not just wave my hand and everything's perfect. This is something that we personally, each and every one of us, need to develop on our own. Uh, but it will pay off big time if we do. Okay, are you ready for this? Matthew chapter 6. And notice with me in verse 22, I'm reading this passage from the King James Bible. 6.22. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. All right? If you have the single eye, you are full of light. Of course, it'd always be a valuable question for us to ask, is what are we full of? (laughs) What are we full of? We're full of different things. And you can be full of light, according to Jesus here. Now, the eye, as mentioned, if your eye is single, your eye represents your focus, your attention, it, 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 it has to do with um, what you look at, okay? Because what you look at will get on the inside of you. You look at the wrong thing, the wrong thing gets in you, all right? It's one thing to live in a, in a dark world. It's one thing to live in a, in a world full of, uh, you know, sin and all kinds of you know, evil. It's another thing for that stuff to get on the inside of us. And this is something we must all be aware of. And we must all guard so we don't let the bad stuff get in us. We're not going to get rid of all the bad stuff. We will, we will have bad surroundings on some level until we get to heaven. But in the meantime, it is of utmost importance that we keep the bad out of us, out of our thoughts, out of our emotions, out of our, out of our thinking. Okay, What you look at will determine that. And, I, and when I say look at... Um, not just limited to your physical eyes, but we're talking about your mind. What you, what, what you put your mind on will eventually get inside of you and affect your life. Now let's look at this word single. He said, if your eye be single. Uh, that word is translated in, in different translations in different ways. Um, one translation uses the word good. If your eye is good, then your whole body will be full of light. Another one says healthy. If your eye is healthy, another one said unclouded. If if your eye is unclouded, then you, you will be full of light. But when we keep our attention upon, let me just say it this way, upon Jesus and his word, then we will be filled with light. Okay, and by the way, that doesn't happen accidentally. Oops, I thought about the Lord for vast quantities of my time. Oops, I'm, I put my mind on the Word, I meditated in the Word of God, and I got filled with light. Now, these things only happen because we choose to make them happen. It's a discipline, it's a practice that we must, um, uh, we must give ourselves to. If we don't, what is inside of us very likely could be the wrong thing. All right? Uh, and, and so we put our, our attention on Jesus and the Word. We get filled with light. Uh, let me give you a couple of psalms that uh, tell us about light. 
119.105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Okay? So if I put my thoughts on his word, what happens? Light comes in. Uh, 119.130. The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Okay, so if I want my body, really my whole life, to be full of light, then I know one way to do that, is if I will put my focus on His words, then that is the natural response to doing that. I get filled up with light. And by the way, uh, full of light is what everybody wants. You may not have listed that. If you listed your top ten desires, you might not have even thought of that. Full of light. I want to be full of light. But really, when you understand how light works, you do want that. That is one of your greatest desires. Why? Because, well, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Uh, His word brings light. But basically, light represents all that is God. All that is good. I mean, who wants to be filled with good things? Or who wants to be filled with evil? We want to be filled with good things, and so that is another way of saying that we want to be full of light, okay? Is your life full of light right now? I mean, full of light, full of God, all of His goodness, all of His power, all of His grace, everything that He is. Could you say, that describes my life? That's a good question. Uh, When you say that, um, when I say... when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and, um, and we think about Jesus, if I put my mind on Jesus, who is the light, then his light gets in me, what does that mean? In essence, it means all that Jesus is gets in me. All that he is starts to manifest in my life. Uh, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 30, but of him... You are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. So if my mind is on Jesus, the light, then all these elements of wisdom, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption become my normal state of being, okay? And so this is conditioned upon, of course, he's talking about being in Christ, so so spiritually speaking, it's already there, but I'm not interested just in where I am spiritually. I'm interested in my practical life from day to day, and I need to be full of the right stuff, okay? When you are full of the wrong stuff, uh, when when trouble happens, when pressure comes, when opposition and, uh, and so forth come against your life, what's in you comes out, right? Sometimes it's not pretty, is it? I mean, you get pushed, someone pokes you, someone rubs you the wrong way, or pressure, financial pressure, physical challenges, what happens? People get whatever's in them. Sometimes that darkness that's been in there starts oozing out. It comes out the mouth, comes out in your, your, your demeanor, it comes out in your decision making, it comes out sometimes in smashing things. <laughs> it, it can come out in all kinds of different ways, and there's a way to fix that, and that's called replacement. I want to get full of light. Amen. And so, uh, let's go on to the next verse then. In verse 23, Jesus said, But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore 
the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Okay, so we see what light is and, and some of the benefits just in a brief discussion. What would we say would be the, the characteristics of darkness? If someone is filled with darkness, what would that be? Okay, darkness would, would represent Satan. It would represent his kingdom. It would, would represent all that he wants to do. And you know, Jesus said he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so if my eye then is full of darkness, that opens the door for all kinds of evil, all kinds of junk to happen and to be a part of my life. Um, I, I know uh, that we are in charge of this, basically, okay? It, it's our eye that determines that. Uh, when, one time I was, I, I was watching uh, television and a commercial came on, and the commercial, I don't know if you realize this, but not all commercials are worthy of your time. And some of them actually harm, harm you if, you if you let those thoughts in. Because some of what they promote is totally ungodly. It's evil. And anyway, one commercial came on, and, and, and basically inside of me, I wasn't really expecting it, but on the inside, this, came, this rose up in me. Why do you let someone else decide what you think about and so I pushed mute. <laughs> I mean, there are things we watch, and we made the choice, and find good choice, bad choice. We hopefully make good choices. But sometimes we just allow stuff in, and we're not really consenting. We're just too passive. And we just allow wrong things to come into our eyes, come into our thoughts, and they become a part of our lives. All right? Uh, how does darkness get into a person? Well, some people just have it hard. Some people were just born in the wrong situation. No, no, no. Darkness gets in a person through their eyes, their evil eye. In other words, uh, what they think about, what they meditate on, what they give their attention to, this comes through what Jesus called the evil eye. Now, now I'll go a little bit further. Uh, the 24th verse, Jesus said, No man can serve two masters. Okay, what do you mean? What, what do you mean two masters? This is in contrast to being single. Okay, now, in other words, having an, your, your eye be single, and now he's contrasting that with two. No man can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold on to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Okay? Okay, so the contrast then to be, have a single eye is the serving of two masters. Um, and he's basically telling us it's impossible to serve God and money at the same time. All right? You can't serve God and money. You can have money and use money, but you can't serve God and serve money at the same time. You're going two different directions, and we need to come back to uh, one direction. Some things in life, they seem like they only work if there's one. Can you think of anything in life that only works if there's one? Um, how about like marriage? It only works if there's one husband, one wife. I mean, you look at some of the Old Testament uh, guys, they tried that whole polygamy thing out. Ask them how it worked. <laughs> 
it did not work well. It, it caused trouble for everyone who tried to add more than one. You've got to stay with one, all right? What else works with only one? Uh, maybe driving. You ever had that backseat driver as you're at the wheel trying to tell you what to do? That doesn't work either, <laughs> okay? And something we know for certain that does not work well it doesn't really doesn't work at all. Jesus is telling us, if you're going to serve God, he has got to be your only choice, your only devotion. You must serve him and him alone. You can't divide time with light and darkness, with mammon and the Lord. You can't serve two masters. And, and this is a problem that we have in many areas of life where our attention is divided, where our focus is going multiple directions. And we have... For whatever reason, we've been lied to. We, we've believed that we can do all these things at once. And I can be in church here today, and I can be listening to Pastor Mark teach the Word, and I can also be scrolling on my device. No, you can't. You're gonna, you, you'll go back and forth, but I guarantee you'll miss something. Okay? I try this regularly. I try to watch a TV show and be on the computer at the same time. And, it, and, and it, my, my attention is going two different directions, so I'm going to miss one or the other, all right? Uh, but people think they can do this with God. We're going we're gonna to spend time in prayer. Meanwhile, our phone is going off, and someone else is yelling in the other room, and we've got all these different things going on. We think, well, I can do it all at once. No, we can't. It doesn't work that way. We are allowing different sources of information to occupy our, our thinking and our mentality, and we are missing out on the potency of what it really means to have a relationship with God. Okay? And, and so uh, there are some things that you have to only have one of. I was thinking of Paul. Paul the Apostle, uh, very successful person, highly effective Christian and apostle, of course, but he, he succeeded in life, and he, he gave us one of those principles over in Philippians chapter 3. He, he said in, in, in verse 13, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. How many things does he do? He does one thing. One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. He presses towards what? The goals. No, he said, I press towards the goal. This one thing I do. And so he had one goal, just one goal in life. His heart was not divided. And because of that, he was able to be successful. And again, you, are, you can be successful in life if you become single-minded. If you're able to take your attention, put your focus on one thing and not 12 things. All right? It's, it's kind of like a laser. You know, the power of a laser is focused, focused light. You get focused light, and that laser can cut through stuff. It is powerful when, when it is ultra-focused, Right? Um, I remember as a, as a kid, I grew up, and when I was a kid, uh, w our family lived in Southern California, and one of the things I remember as entertainment back then, of course, I didn't have a, uh, an iPhone or a, any, of, any gaming kind of anything, but I did have a magnifying glass. And, uh, and one of the things that we would do for fun 
is we'd go out to the sidewalk and burn things. Bugs. <laughs> All kinds of stuff. We would get the magnifying glass out on a sunny day and narrow that, that beam and it would just start burning something. And uh, it, it's a powerful principle. Okay? I wonder if we should get out our magnifying glass more often when it comes to our devotion to the Lord, our walk with God, to keep our mind stayed on Him and, 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 and be, begin to be so laser focused that things start to burn. Come on, there, there starts to become some, there starts to come some, some heat in our relationship with God. Uh, and that, by the way, I did a message series just recently, uh, well, a few months ago. You should get that if you missed it. Um, what did I call that? Uh, fired up. Fired up. Thank you for your help. Some of you said it out loud, didn't you? Uh, fired up. Go get that message and listen to that. That'll be a blessing to you. Uh, but uh, we have got to get down to one thing. All right, let me interrupt you for a moment. Has anybody lost their focus during this message? Has your mind drifted? Have you, have you gone aside into, into something else? Have you been distracted? Okay, uh, if you have, I'm not saying this to say you're a bad person. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this so we realize how real this is. And, and our lack of ability to focus on something for a period of time really does harm us. We really miss out on some of what God wants to do in our lives. Okay, let me, let me define the word focus for you. Just an English word, English dictionary. Focus, an act of concentrating interest or activity on something. Okay, concentrating interest, activity on something. Another one is the state or quality of having or producing clear visual definition. Clear visual definition. Uh, I think most of us know that children are usually um, considered to have uh, shorter attention spans than adults, right? When you're a child, they need a little bit more interaction and changing things up. Uh, for a child to listen to me, say, teach for an hour, if I were to do that, uh, for most children, that might be kind of hard to stay focused for that long, okay? We understand that. That's not a diss on them in any way. But my question is, what about us adults? Okay? It's supposed to be that when you grow up, your attention span gets greater. You can focus on one thing longer. You're not so distracted. I'm not so sure that's the case anymore, though. And I say anymore, I know we got our technology that moves us away from being able to be laser-focused, but these words were written long before our gadgets. And so maybe it's part of just the human condition through all time. People have a tendency to go multiple ways, to do, try to do multiple things. And in doing so, they lose their ability to be focused on one thing, which is crucial for our success. All right? And so this is a real problem. Uh, and for, first of all, I want to say this. Our goal is to focus, but not just on anything, focus on good and not evil. All right? Focus on good things not evil things. And this is a real problem today. So what do you mean today? I mean like today. I mean like right now in this time in our life. Why? Because everybody's thinking about a virus. Everybody's focused on it. People get up in the morning and check the stats. Let's see how many new cases there are. Not let's see how many people are recovered. 
Let's see how many new cases there are. Let's see how many new deaths there are. And then let's watch it on TV all day long and check the stats on the internet all day long. Read every article we can find, everything we can think of. And uh, say, Pastor, you're, you're really getting in my business. I'm getting in the business of our whole world right now. All right? I just do not see any indication or instruction from the Lord that says that if you will just find the worst problem you can in life and think about it day and night, you'll be successful. If you will just give your... I mean, because if you really care, you're going to think about it constantly. You're going to track this thing to the T. And if you will do that, oh, I will bless you so much more than if you would think about other things. Right? We know Jesus didn't, didn't think that way. He didn't speak that way. We were not instructed that way. Yet how many of us do that? Okay? We find ourselves in the trap without recognizing that what we give our focus and attention to gets inside of us. And if it's light, woo, it's God. It's good. It's everything we've ever wanted. It's God's plan. But if we're giving our attention to the wrong thing, that is getting on the inside of us. And it is producing what it was designed to produce. Amen. It takes real effort to pay attention to the right things when the wrong things are so loud and so constant. You know, uh, the Proverbs, the writer of Proverbs wrote in, in 23.7a, he said, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And so what we give our attention to then becomes our manner of life, becomes the way that we exist. How much of our experience is connected to our focus. I mean, think about it concerning your life. What are you dealing with? What are you, what's happening in your life? How much of that is connected to the focus that you have? When there is both good and bad happening, which is most of the time, there's good stuff happening, there's bad stuff happening, uh, what effect does placing our attention on good things have upon our emotional state? Does it really make a difference? I really believe it does. Um, but again, it takes effort to do that. I have to intentionally not look over here and intentionally look over here. That takes work. That takes discipline. Why? Because usually negative stuff is enticing. Evil is often a temptation for a reason. There's an immediate, boo, I want to look at that. I want to focus on that. Uh, and sometimes the good things, we don't see the immediate benefit. Um, and so we're, we're distracted. You know, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18 reads, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Notice, in everything give thanks. How often should we give thanks? Well, no matter what's going on, be thankful. Not for the problem. He didn't say thank God for the, don't, for the problem. Don't thank God for what he didn't do. But in every situation, give thanks. How many know that takes effort? Because when things are not going well, when things are, are, are difficult, to be a thankful person in that, moment take, in that moment takes intention. It takes a person who is able to put their mind off of one thing and onto something else. And just say, I'm not going to touch that in my thought life. I refuse to think about that. How can you do that? Well, here's one way. Lift your voice, lift your eyes to heaven, and give thanks. And just give thanks for everything that he has promised. For everything that you've already experienced that's from him. Give thanks to him. What's happening? 
Our attention, our focus is being drawn in the right direction. Have you ever thought about uh, why the devil attacks people? Why trouble is stirred up in people's lives? Uh, You might think, well, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. For sure. For sure. He wants to kill you. wants to wants to keep you broke. Uh, he wants to mess with your emotions. He wants to harm you in so many ways. Um, but I don't think that's the only reason he attacks. Okay? That might be the ultimate goal. Maybe you see where I'm going. One of the main reasons Satan stirs up trouble in people's lives is to get their attention off of God and onto the problem. I think it's one of the... One, one of the worst things that can happen. Not I get attacked and I'm hurt in some way or I'm challenged in some way, but I get attacked and I get my mind off God. I get my mind off His covenant promises. I get my mind off of His plan for my life. And all of a sudden, I'm no longer focused on that one thing. I'm no longer looking at the prize. I'm now looking at my problem. I'm looking at my situation. And that distraction ruins everything. That distraction allows evil to get from the outside to the inside. It allows it to be a part of our hearts, a part of our, a part of our mentality. The devil does this to get you distracted off of God's blessings and purpose for your life. Amen. So ask yourself, if you're dealing with a struggle right now, why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? What is the reason for this? I understand that some of our problems are self-induced, and so I'm not implying that everything is a demonic attack. I, I get that. We should all know that. But I also believe that sometimes, especially when it comes through other people, when they start nipping at you, when they start uh, stirring up strife and causing problems, I think that's so many times is demonic in nature, and it is to get us out of our focus to shift our attention to something that is temporal, that doesn't matter, something that's evil, and we're no longer hearing from God. We're no longer pursuing His plan for our life. We're no longer praying the way... We're just wallowing in our self-pity, and and, and, and sometimes it's, it's, it's real, it's painful, it's harmful, but that's the reason the enemy attacks people. Because what if all you saw was God? What if everything that was in your focus was Him and His plan and His Word? I tell you, you would be full of light. You would be full of life. You would be full of all that God is. And the devil hates that because he can't touch you in that condition. The only way he can touch me and get at me is if I allow evil inside. If I don't allow it on the inside, everything he attacks me with out here is going to bounce off me. Hallelujah. I think it'd be important for us to recognize what's happening. Resist the temptations when they come. And keep our mind stayed on Him. When we do that, oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, happy day. Happy day. Let me give you one more verse. I kind of halfway quoted it right there, but Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. 26.3 reads, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. 
this is a promise. I tell you, for all people of all time, what's the, the way to get peace in our lives? Is our mind is stayed on him. Why would we keep our mind stayed on him? Because we trust in him. See, if I don't trust in him, I have to start figuring everything out myself. I have to solve all my problems on my own. But if I trust in him, I can say, I don't need to spend time worrying about this. I don't need to give all my attention to this. I'm going to keep my eyes on the Lord. I'm going to keep my eyes on his promises. And then he's going to work it out. Hallelujah. You, you know the word, the word peace there, you may know this, the word peace in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word is, is shalom. Okay? Shalom. And it's an interesting word because it means more than, you know, just to be calm or, you know, not to be at war, <laughs> uh, no conflict. It means much more than that. It's a big, fat word that includes our well-being and includes our wholeness in every area of nothing missing or broken in any capacity. We, we, the Lord ties that state of being, that condition of living to what our minds are on. He ties that, that experience to a person keeping their mind stayed on him. Amen. Someone said, I've I, I got things I've got to think about, though. I've got problems I need to deal with. Do you? If you trust in him, this is how you deal with them. You grab your thoughts and refuse to worry and fear and be anxious about it. You grab your thoughts and say, but Lord, I trust in you. And so I keep my mind on you. I'm meditating on your promises and on your purpose for my life. I will not allow myself to be distracted. I get uh, hit over here, but I keep my focus. I get popped over here, and I keep my mind stayed on you. And his peace comes. His wholeness and soundness of life comes into to my being. Praise God. It's the way he wants us to be. Hallelujah. So, well, if someone's sick and they're really in pain, how, how do they keep their mind stayed on Him? With effort. With intention. With tenacity. Because I understand, yeah, your mind wants to go to the problem, especially if it's bad, you know? And so that's why this message isn't for the lighthearted. Uh, th th this message is for someone who will take it so seriously and recognize the value of being full of light of keeping their inward being so full of light, they're going to say, but I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going to lose my focus. I will keep it on the Lord for He is my healer and He is my provider. He's my deliverer and my protector today. He's the one who helps me when I don't know what to do or where to go. He's my guide, my good shepherd, and I'm going to keep my mind stayed on Him. I trust in You, Lord, because You're leading me. I trust in You, Lord, because You're providing for me. I trust in You because You make a way where there is no way. Your grace is stronger and more and bigger and more abundant than any sin. I'm going to keep my eyes on you because you're my answer and not my problem. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me, let me encourage you this week. It's one thing to think about this. It's another thing to do something with it. And uh, I encourage you to set some time aside. And uh, so how much time? Oh, I don't know. It just depends on you and, and where you are. But maybe you take 10 minutes and you just dial in and, and set your mind on the Lord and try to keep your mind there. Some of you can do longer. Keep your mind there, not distracted by anything else. Keep your mind stayed on Him. 
through worship, through praise, through reading, reading the Word. And don't be distracted. In that moment, His peace settles in your life. In that moment, you get soul control. In that moment, God starts to work in you and do things that He couldn't do when you were thinking about a thousand different things happening in life. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you today. Father, thank you for your goodness.